Reddit this morning was taken from the book of Exodus chapter 14 verses 11 to 16. Exodus chapter 14 verses 11 through to 16. Um, I'm going to read from verses 13 to 16. I will be reading from verses 13 through to 16. And it reads like this. And Moses said unto the people, Fear you not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Or in other words, God said to Moses, Why are you crying unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just glorify your name and praise your name, magnify your name, I exalt your name. I thank you because if it was not for you, where would any of us be today? I thank you for this opportunity to share the word you have placed into my heart for your people this morning. And I pray and ask in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that you will bless me to bring forth your word, to edify, to strengthen, to exhort, and to encourage the children of the living God. And that, Lord God, you will empower me with your grace to speak your word in truth. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Praise the Lord. So the scripture that I've just read from Exodus, I mean, most of us, when, if I was to say to you, what, if you was to sum up what happens in the book of Exodus, what would most of you say? Most of you would say that was the, in that book, that was when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. The sea was partitioned by God. This is the major incident that happens in the book of Exodus. But I wanted us to zero in and focus on a few things that are happening to Moses in the Word of God at this time of trials and attacks from the enemy. The background to this story 
is that the children of God had been in slavery, in bondage in, in Egypt for 400 years. And Moses was one of those young baby boys when he was born that the Pharaoh of his time had set out an order to destroy all of the young boys. But Moses was one who God had prepared a way for him. And he grew up actually in the Pharaoh's household. The Bible says that Moses looked just like them. So there was no physical difference, no racial difference between Moses and the Egyptians. If he dressed just like them in their garments, he looked just like them. But there was something in him that separated him from them. And that thing that was in him was that when he witnessed the Egyptians' masters beating almost to death the Hebrews, Moses rose up in what is called righteous indignation. And righteous indignation is like when you decide to take a stand, when you decide to say enough is enough. Hallelujah. You remember sometimes back in, some of you looked so young, you probably won't remember when I talk about the 1960s. But there was a time in America with the civil rights movement and you had men like Martin Luther King, men like that who rose what God used to rise up in righteous indignation against the laws that were oppressing people, God's people. So God in the likewise had rose up Moses and cumulatively Moses had multiple encounters with Pharaoh. And the end result of that was that God had got them to a place where now Pharaoh had become so exacerbated with the struggle against God's people and against God, that Pharaoh had said to Moses, finally, I'm going to let your people go. So as the people were now leaving Egypt, they came against the sea. And unless anybody here can define physics or logics, we cannot walk across the sea. So what happens here is that Moses is dealing with the people of God. And the people of God are saying to him, did you just bring us out here in the wilderness to die? Did you just bring us out here to suffer our fate? You said that God was going to make a way for us, but look ahead of you there is a sea it is impossible for us to pass and to make matters worse they could see in the far distance pharaoh and on his chariots and his entire army racing towards them with their swords in their hand to slew them and kill them at the sea. 
Moses then turns around and says to them in verse 13, Fear you not and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more. The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise God. Moses said to the people of God, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. As Moses was, was reiterating these words to the people of God, God interjects in the discussion, in the argument, in the confrontation. And in verse 15, God says to Moses, why are you crying to me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. The theme that I'm going to speak on today is called going forward. Hallelujah. What did God mean when he intervened to Moses at this precarious time in their life? And God said to him, go forward. Speak to the person next to you and says, God wants you to go forward. And if there's no one next to you, just speak it, proclaim it for yourself over your life. That God wants you, me, to go forward. Hallelujah. Praise God. Words are very important. Words are very important. I'm not boasting, but when I went to school, I passed with flying colours distinction, English and English language. I love reading. The reason why I love reading, if my mother was here, I would embarrass her, but she's not here, but I'm still going to embarrass her behind her back. But the reason why I love the reason, reading is when I was growing up as a little boy like this, I was the first of six children. And when I was growing up as a little boy like this, my mother was one of them Jamaican mothers. She gave me the responsibility to manage my brothers and sisters. So you can imagine me as a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, trying to manage a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a three-year-old. And when they misbehave, the buck stopped with me. One of the punishments my mother would punish me was she would tell me to sit over there and read your book. And being a typical Jamaican mother, she would forget that she sent me over there to read the book. For hours and hours I would read books and when I finished this one I'd read another book. Then I'd pick up the newspaper, I'd read another book when, when the, the, the sun starts going down and it's getting dark, and my mother wonders, where's Victor? She hasn't heard my voice yet, seen me running around. She remembers she had sent me 
all those hours ago to sit down and read a book and never move. And I believe, and I said this to her many times, I believe that's what gave me a kind of head start. Because when I went to school, I excelled in reading and writing. I went to school, I excelled. And what I've come to understand is that there is, there is a degree of power and effect in words. And the worst kind of words are negative words. The worst kind of words are negative words. Dealing with negative words from others, if not challenged in the supernatural realm, can affect a person's calling. When Moses was in this predicament with the children of Israel, they were speaking nothing but negative words. You've brought us here to die. God has left us. God has turned his back on us. Why are we suffering? It would be better that we were in Egypt as slaves. These were all their own negative words. And sometimes, you know, parents, we need to, to, to tell ourselves and teach ourselves because we're not all perfect. Parents um, sometimes can speak negative words to the children in, in a fit of anger. Just something happens quickly and you, some parents will turn to a child and they look at the child and they say to the child, you're so stupid. Negative words. Huh? And, and, and when the child grows up in school, they have enough to struggle with, with teachers who stereotype them. Teachers who look on them because they're black. The teachers already want to tell them the only job they can do is working in a warehouse or in a factory. And then they remember the negative words their parent used to say when they were small. You're so stupid. Yeah? There's negative words, even ministers, men like myself in position, some ministers, oh God, some ministers when they're ready, they can speak some negative words over the people and against the saints. These negative words have a detrimental effect on people. And sometimes, if we're going to be honest, sometimes we can inadvertently speak negative words over ourselves. I remember once I was talking to, to a friend and I just said, I made a comment, I said, you know what, I'm starving. And she pulled me up and she said, don't say that because you're not starving. Hallelujah. You're not starving. Don't speak those negative words over yourself. And I said, you know what? This woman is right, you know. Um, for me to be saying I'm starving, it's like I'm speaking that over my life. So these are negative words, and negative words can affect you if they are not challenged, if you let it just be spoken, and it just ferments, and it just sets in the atmosphere. A lot of the, the kids that we see having problems on street and on road, they grew up in an environment where negative words 
was spoken all around them day after day after day. Their brothers and sisters told them negative things. Their parents told them negative things. The teachers told them negative words. The music they even listen to is full of negative words. And what the negative does to them, it just makes them turn in on themselves and they become to fulfill that negative word. So the child who, who was in, in, intuitively quite bright and brilliant, but the parents call them stupid and tell them that they're not going to come out to no good. That child in, inadvertently, by the time they're 25, they find themselves in a prison. Because the negative words and the, the child just feels that this is my life. This is my road. This is my path. This is what I am here for. I'm not going to even think, I'm not going to even hope for anything better. Because all of my life I have heard nothing but negative words. Moses turned to the people. And Moses, a man of God, this is instinctively responding with positive words. He's trying to, to convince them that God is in fact real. And God has your back. And God will see you through this situation. Hallelujah. Moses said to them, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. Which he will show you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen coming, you will see them again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Hallelujah. This is Moses speaking God's positive words. Hallelujah. He's trying to convince the people of God. But unfortunately, they would not listen. The enemy does not want the people of God to go forward. He wants the people of God to remain stagnant or even break down. You know the Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against forces of darkness and spiritual wickedness that operates in high places. Therefore put on the full armour of God that you may be able to stand. According to the word of God, the enemy, he's very real. He's not some character in a cartoon with two spiky horns and, and a fork in his hand. He is very real. And just like Pharaoh and his army, he is out to 
make the people of God not go forward. He doesn't want us to go forward, brother. He doesn't want us to go forward, sister. He wants us to remain stagnant or he wants us to, to even break down or go into reverse. You know, there was a time in a prayer meeting, I was with, in a prayer meeting back in the days, and there was a, a sister that was there. And she was talking about the fact that whenever she tries to do something for God, something happens that stops her. Something happens. It looks natural. It looks plausible. It looks acceptable. But something happens that prevents her from doing that thing. It could be something very small, sis, for God. But she said she, she cannot understand it. And so the saints gathered together. You know the word says where two or three are gathered in one accord on any matter concerning him. He is in the midst thereof to bless. And the saints gathered around his sister and we prayed. And as we prayed, the spirit give us knowledge to spread the blood against that spirit of blockage. The spirit of procrastination. The spirit of mind control. We prayed against them spirits. We bind them up in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that sister, oh, praise be to God. The next month she came and she said, thank you for the prayers. Thank you. But now everything that she had planned, she's doing them in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And not only that, but God had opened many other opportunities for her in her life hallelujah hallelujah we have to sometimes convince ourselves that god is true and that this what is happening what's keeping me down what's stopping me from moving in the name of jesus we have to speak god's word over our life hallelujah the positive words that god has given unto his children of God for the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and bone and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart hallelujah even King David in his time of persecution from Saul said to himself in Psalm 42, he had to convince himself, you know, a lot, of, we had the Bible study on Friday, and we were studying Psalm 23, and one of the things that jumped out to, to the saints when, we, when I went deep into this Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, you mentioned it in your testimony, brother, was that people, when they think of the life of King David, they think that the first thing, he's the young boy that 
slew Goliath with the slingshot. Second thing, they think he was then king of Israel. It didn't go so. It didn't go like that. A total of 22 and a half years, David was persecuted before he was king of the United Israel. The first 15 years after he was anointed by Samuel, he spent on the run. He spent hiding. He spent being persecuted by the Philistines, by the Moabites, by the Ammonites, by King Saul and their army themselves. And there were times when he would have been depressed. There were times he would have said to himself, Am I not called by God? Did not God anoint me through his prophet Samuel? Did not God choose me and call me and set me aside? Then why am I going through all of this? And he had to say to himself in Psalm 42, this, he said, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? He's talking to himself. And he says, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope you in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Hallelujah. There is power in praise to get your breakthrough. You know, the devil wants, when you're going through things, the, the worst thing a Christian can do, and the sisters are going to agree with me, brothers, the worst thing a Christian can do when you're going through things is keep silent. To try and just rough it out. And we know, brothers, this is what we do. Yeah, but you don't agree with me, no? You, 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 chat, you, you chat your business, yeah? <laughs> you ring a friend and tell them how you're feeling, yeah? <laughs> Most time, you know, the men, us men, we, we, we rough it out, you know, we, we go through it, we keep it in within ourselves. But when we pray, the word says, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. Hallelujah. I have had so many breakthroughs simply by praising his name. Put my Bible to one side, I take out my church hymnal which is in here and I just sing those hymns over and over and over to be in the presence of the living God and I get my breakthrough, hallelujah. Praise God. So Moses was speaking these positive words to the people of God. But there was something else that needed to be done. God intervened in Moses' words of exhortation and encouragement. Here we have Moses telling the people of God, fear not, stand still. Salvation is of the Lord. This day, 
you will see your enemies no more. God is going to come through for you and you will have peace. Stand still and you will have peace. Moses is trying to encourage them. But God was thinking something else. God intervened in his discourse. And the Bible says that God says to Moses, Why are you crying unto me? And he says to him, Not speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Hallelujah. You know, going forward. Um, means to actually do something. Hmm? To go forward means to advance, to move, to go ahead, to, to, to just get up and, and make that physical change. Do something. That's what God was now saying. Yes, I, you, I know you know that I can do anything for you, but right now I want you to get up and move forward. Hallelujah. I want you now to move forward. And you know, sometimes for many of us, especially um, us, you know, us as, as Christians, we can get into um, a frame of mind, a frame of thinking, where everything, we just pray and that's it done. But we don't act on the prayer. We don't allow the prayer, the breakthrough, to, ch to change us to do something different. We, we, we might pray, with, you know, like for some people, it's like if I was a 22 stone man standing in front of you and I was praying to the Lord to help me lose weight. Hmm? And let's say, miraculously, God helped me lose weight. But if I don't change my mindset, if I don't change my habit, if I don't change what I am doing in my life, what happens? The weight will come straight back on. So there are times when you pray for something, but God now says, I'm answering your prayer, but now I want you to act on what I have answered your prayer with. Hallelujah. Now I want you to move forward. And sometimes going forward, if, you've, if you're not used to it, it, it can be quite counterintuitive. It's like walking blindfold sometimes. The walking by faith is like walking, can be like walking blindfold. You don't know what's going to happen, but you just have to do it because God has commanded you to do it. And you're fearful of doing it. You're fearful of moving forward. You know, has, has anybody here ever done abseiling or rock climbing? Hey, well done, right? And you know, when you, if you've done it, I've done it, right? And when you've done it, you're standing on the edge of the cliff. And when you look down, it's about 300 foot drop. And you've got this little rope around your waist. And the, the instructor is there and he's telling you, jump off. All right? <laughs> it's counterintuitive. 
It's telling you to jump off. But when you go like this, your feet don't jump. You want to, but your feet don't jump because you're fearful what's going to happen. That's kind of like what it is like when, when your, um, God is telling you to do it. Sometimes it's going against the grain. It's going against what you normally would do. God is now asking you to do something different. He's asking you to go. He was asking the people of God to walk in the direction of the sea. He says, tell them to go forward. Hallelujah. Go forward and I will take care of the rest. I just want you now to go forward. Praise the Lord. And once you go forward, once you trust him and you're doing it, God can make everything else easy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In time to come in, in the book of Joshua, Joshua encountered a similar situation. We're not crossing of a Red Sea, but of a confrontation with their enemies. And in that confrontation, God has said to Joshua, when you send the soldiers out, I want them to destroy this, the enemies of God. And of all the spoils, all the silver, all the gold, all the ornaments, no, no one is to take for themselves. Everything is to go into the temple. And there was a reason for that. Because all of the silver and gold and ornaments that were there from their enemies, the, 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 they called them I, the area was called I, A-I. All of it had been contaminated through spiritual wickedness. So it's like, it's like if you go down up to a different place and you find certain people and they believe certain things that goes totally against God and they do certain things with all their ornaments and everything. And then, you, and then if, you're, if you're silly enough, you would take the things that they use and you put it in your pocket and you take it home. So God told them, don't take anything from these people. It goes into the temple. Why? Because once it goes into the hands of the priest, they will know how to deal with it. And when they, they took the, when Joshua sent his soldiers to fight I, the Bible says in the book of Joshua, chapter 7, that the soldiers of God were scattered and defeated by eyes. It shot Joshua to such an extent that Joshua and the priests were weeping and wailing. Sackcloth, earth on their head, Joshua himself was on the floor crying out to God. The priests were crying and praying to God because the enemies were, had defeated them in this small battle. 
And what was interesting in that encounter was God spoke to Joshua. And he didn't say to Joshua, pray harder. He didn't say to Joshua, fast harder. He said to Joshua, get up off of your feet. Stand up. Be a man. And do the works I've called you to do. Hallelujah. And Joshua, God said to him, there is a there is a camp, a tent, where the unclean ornaments are. Things used in witchcraft are. That's why you see me as a minister, I will tell you categorically, them, them things, don't even tempt yourself with these things. If your friends are going somewhere, let them go. You don't share in with these things. And God said, it's because these things are in, these unclean objects are in the, 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 the nation of Israel, God said. That's why you were defeated. Something so looks like a total no connection. But that was why they was defeated. And ultimately, Joshua had to find out which tribe and then isolated the tribe, I think it was the tribe of Benjamin. And then from that tribe, they found a, fa a set of family. And then from that family, they found a household. And then from that household, a young man comes out, his name was Achim. And he stood before Joshua and he admitted that he stole gold and silver from their enemies and he hid them under his um, tent. The moment they took it out and handed it to the priest, and then Joshua issued another battle cry, they went against their enemies. And the enemies of Ai were roundedly defeated this time. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we want to go forward in God, there are some things in our life we need to let go of. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we want to go forward in the Lord, there are things that we are doing that is not pleasing to the Lord. And the enemy is using these things to keep you still. Hallelujah. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a banner against him in the name of Jesus. And when you're struggling with certain things, you know in yourself what it is. There were so many Christians in these last days who were struggling with things and God wants them to go forward, but they can't go forward until they get rid of these sinful, despicable things that is in their lives. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. God wants you to go forward. Hallelujah. And not be bound by some small little thing that the enemy is using to keep you stagnant in your spiritual journey with God. Hallelujah. 
The conclusion of this encounter was, is in verses 21 to 31. And you'll be pleased to know that I'm not going to read the verses. But the spiritual conclusion of this encounter was that ultimately Moses followed God's instructions. He lifted up the rod that God had given to him against the sea. And as long as the rod was lifted up, the sea parted. And the rod represents an inanimate object. An inanimate object that if it's here, it's just a stick. The only thing that we're paying interest in it is a dog. Or, or some children when they're ramping and playing. It is just a stick. But when it is used by the, through the Spirit of God, it can defeat the enemies of the children of God. It can bring the impossible to be possible. Hallelujah. The Bible that God has blessed you with is another inanimate object. That if you don't use it, it is just over there. It is just an ornament. It is just a, a book, lots of pages and words in it. But when you study it, when you proclaim God's word over your life, it becomes alive, hallelujah. And the things that the enemy has been attacking you with suddenly have to yield and let go and go backwards, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. When you use the word of God, you speak his truth. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning hallelujah and today i proclaim over my life that if there's any spirit of blockage i renounce it i rebuke it in the name of jesus christ the son of the living god and i pray that god will create in me a clean heart and a right spirit go forward in Jesus' name, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord, hallelujah. Let God create a clean heart in you and renew a right spirit so you can move forward. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak against any curse every negative word spoken over your life from even when you was in your mother's womb in the name of jesus i rebuke those curses i rebuke those words of negativity that were spoken over your life in the name of jesus christ and as the lord's servant i don't know anybody here's business I divorce you, I separate you from any ungodly covenant, any ungodly deceiving agreements that may have been done in your past, 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So that God, the Spirit of the Lord, can now move in your spirit and move you forward in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I speak life over your life where the devil has meant death. The word of God says the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus Christ has come that you may have life and life in abundance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Move forward. Move forward. God said to Moses in the final verse, Lift up the rod. That inanimate object. You have an inanimate object. Some of you have it on your lap, in your hand. You speak the word of God. Hold on to his word. Stand on his word. It is just like that rod. Huh? Sometimes you go into um, a Christian household. And all, the only time that you see the Bible is when the newborn baby is in its cough. And they open the Bible on Psalm 91 over the baby's head. And they do it for protection. But the Word of God is alive. And He wants you to read His Word by faith. Believing that when you read it and speak it, you're standing on it by faith. That's when the enemy flees. Hallelujah. So if you just have it shut up, lock up, there in the boot of the car, never look on it, weeks go by, you don't look on it, that's no good. God said to Moses, lift up your rod and stretch your hand over the sea and he said and divide it and as long as he had that rod up in his hand the whole entire people of God which numbered tens probably even hundreds of thousands of people crossed over on dry ground and even to this day there are archaeologists and scientists who have found a place which have been proven that at some point in world history, the waters had been parted from out of Egypt. There's many scientific programs that even prove that this actually happened. So God is not a fairy tale. God is not something over there, but this is the real world. Huh? The spiritual is more real than even the physical. Hmm? God, my, the word that God has said to me to you today is to renounce all those negative words that were spoken over you and never accept them. Proclaim God's positive words from his, from his Bible over your life. And go forward under the grace of power of God. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Go forward, saints.
God forward. God bless you.